Hello and welcome to the Fairview Knox Church Prophecy Update podcast series, a series totally dedicated to looking at today's news and events through the lens of biblical prophecy. And now, let's turn it over to your host and the lead pastor at Fairview Knox Church, Jeff Laborde. Welcome back to the Fairview Knox Prophecy Podcast. I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes, and I pray that these moments when we are focusing on biblical prophecy, also known uh, technically as eschatology, eschaton, uh, last things, three very specific books in the Bible that I want to encourage you to acquaint yourself with. If you haven't already, the book of Daniel, the book of Ezekiel, and the book of Revelation. All three books offer a perspective that's unique not only in the timeline of God's prophetic calendar, but also among the people that God's dealing with very specifically. In fact, if I had time, I would show you from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38 and 39, that much of what you are watching happening right now on the global scene with the maneuvering of the Russian troops, the union with the Syrian troops, the coalition that's being built with the Iranian uh, sub-military, Hezbollah, uh, and the Turkish uh, military, all of those are prophesied in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38 and 39. Each one of those uh, geographical areas make up not only a people group, but a prophesied group that will create a coalition very much like the one we are looking at right now in contemporary times. It's not accidental or coincidental, beloved, that you're seeing on the global stage a preparation uh, for some kind of incursion or invasion from the north uh, into Israel. Even with what's going on in the Ukraine right now, though it has global implications, it's a foreshadowing of something that's coming in the uh, very near future. Now, there's a definite uh, difference of opinions concerning is Ezekiel chapter 38, which identifies Gog and Magog, Gog being the pronoun, the person that is demonically, satanically motivated to make the incursion, the invasion that will ultimately fail uh, going into Israel. There's a very specific reason, according to Ezekiel chapter 38, they're going for economic reasons. So the focus that I have for us today is to understand that what you're watching take place right now with coalitions that are being built among those that typically just a few years ago uh, would have never agreed to unite their forces and their finances. These are harbingers. They're foreshadows of what's coming, and it's coming quickly. I want to read to you from the book of Revelation which specifically prescribes what's coming. And I'm going to share with you what I believe is a prophetic picture of where we are today uh, out of the seven churches. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1 reads as follows. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, these things which must shortly take place. That word shortly means... Uh, In the Greek, it it quite literally means that when they begin, they will happen quickly. It's not a reference that it's chronologically when John wrote it. John was not saying, hey, these are about to happen. 
quite literally in the Greek language, when John wrote, these things must shortly take place. That's an allusion uh, to the truth of Daniel 2.28, uh, uh, verses 29 and 45. Shortly indicates that these things will come to pass in the last days. And the word quite literally means in quick succession. So what he's saying is, uh, he's giving us language much like Messiah did, much like Jesus Christ did. Uh, the last days, just before the rapture of the church, the removal of the bride, which we know according to Second to Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two verse eight and following, the removal of the church, the rapture of the church, also uh, gives a revealing of the Antichrist. So you have a series of things that must shortly take place. John is saying, these are things that must come shortly, meaning that just like the birth pangs that Jesus spoke of in the book of Matthew chapter 24, once these things begin, once the water breaks and the birth pangs start, there is no stopping it and it's coming quickly. And in fact, back to the illusion of the birth pangs, those those pains get closer and closer. It's it's that's what you and I are witnessing right now. That's why we are seeing things transpire in the last couple of years that we could not have believed could have happened in the last twenty years, because there is a quickening both in the spiritual realm. Revelation chapter twelve and verse twelve says that Satan knows that. The time is limited. He understands. He he has a keen understanding, not a submission, not an obedience to Scripture, but a keen understanding of prophetic literature. He knows that that impossibility of Israel coming back into the land in May of 1948 began the birth pangs, and ultimately it was the indicator that the end is coming. So when John says these things must shortly take place, what he's talking about is that once it starts, it's going to come quick, beloved, and that's what's happening. We found out this week just as a uh, prophetic sideline economically because you do understand that Christianity is not just a spiritual experience that moves me to heaven. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, beloved, what that alarm in your heart, that urgency— that sobriety, that something changed over the last two years, that is a keen awareness that's given to you by the Spirit of God. How is it that up to the building, now listen to the, what the Scripture says, in the days of Noah, Genesis chapter 6, Genesis chapter 7, they were buying and selling, giving and receiving in marriage. They were living life with, with no awareness. In fact, the Scripture is explicit. It says... Up until the day that the rain came, they had no awareness of the lateness of the hour. They had ignored the preaching of Enoch. They had ignored the preaching of Lamech. They had ignored the preaching of Noah, who was preaching the coming of the Lord with 10,000 of his angels. They had ignored the living illustration of the building of the ark. You you remember, you're... you're you're a student of the Word of God. You already know this. It had never rained. Why is he building a boat to float in rain that had never been? Because of the grace of God. He was building a living illustration of the rescue, the redemption, the very ark that Noah was instructed to build. 
was a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. One door, only one door. Why is that? Because no man cometh to the Father except through the Son. There's only one way to heaven, and it's Jesus Christ. That ark is a beautiful picture of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. But the whole world, Ken Ham, who is an expert on uh, the book of Genesis, specifically on biblical creationism, uh, has conservatively proven mathematically that there were somewhere around 15 to 16 billion individual souls that were living on the face of the earth at the time of the flood. He proves that through a mathematical system that's not religious, it's not theological, it's it's just an honest estimation of what had happened from uh, the the birth of Adam and Eve's first sons, and he extrapolates that out to say there's probably was somewhere between 15 and 16 billion. Beloved, that's over double what lives on the face of the earth today. With the exception of eight souls, that's the only record we have that responded to the prompting of the Spirit, to the voice of God for 120 years to walk in a culture that was completely, totally wicked and carnal, and some 15 to 16 billion people perished. Now, they didn't perish because God didn't love them. They perished because they were oblivious to the cry of the gospel. We are living in a parallel day, as it were in the days of Noah, Jesus said. Of all the biblical illustrations, of all the examples he could have pulled from the precious pages of the Word of God, he chose both Noah and Lot. Why? Because they were all living as if nothing was coming, and yet there were signs all around them. You and I are living in that very hour. We learned uh, here recently uh, by an information, a legal uh, request for information from the United States Fed that uh, there is uh, some $30 trillion over the last 10 years that have been used for bailout. We are being told by uh, specific and uh, very um, gifted economic minds that the inflation that you and I are now beginning to experience is only the beginning. Now, I'm please hear me. I'm not trying to produce a spirit of fear. I don't want you to misunderstand that it's doom and gloom because, beloved, we have a blessed hope, and we are sharing a blessed hope. And these last days that we're watching the dissolving of our country, the, the destruction of our culture, the dividing of, of our nation, and ultimately of the world, this does grieve us. But the truth of the matter is, we we are excited about the prospects and the promise of the Word of God. And that's why Paul called it a blessed hope. He said, share the truth of the rapture of the church so that you can encourage each other all the more as you see the day approaching. What we're experiencing politically, financially, what we are experiencing right now spiritually in the darkness of these hours is all of that is by the grace of God warning us to get ready and to share the hope of the gospel. These things must come shortly, meaning that once they begin, they're going to happen in quick, quick rapidity. So having said all of that, let's pick back up with the text. Um, It says uh, they must shortly take place, and he sent and 
signified. Literally, it is signified. Quite literally meaning that the signs that you're going to see in the book of Revelation are transcending both time and culture. When you're dealing with the dragon, it's very easy through Scripture to understand that dragon of old. We just go back to the Old Testament. We understand exactly who that is. That's Satan. When we're dealing with the sea, that the beast rises up out of the sea. Again, precept upon precept, line upon line. We understand. We don't have to wonder. Is that a literal sea? Is that the Atlantic? Is that uh, perhaps the Persian? Is it the Mediterranean? No, beloved. Sea in the book of Revelation is always dealing with the Gentile nations. So this false prophet that's rising up out of the sea in the book of Revelation, he's going to come from a Gentile background. So what John is saying through the revelation of Jesus Christ, or better said, what Jesus is saying through his servant John, is, guys, when these things start happening, here's the sign. I've signified it, if I could say it that way, so that every generation, regardless of when it happens, Every generation will be able to interpret that they they are, in fact, that last generation. Beloved, that, that's us. We are the fig tree generation. We are that generation watching not only the budding of the return of the promise of the people of, of Israel, but we are the church of the living God that are watching these things take place shortly in incredible rapidity. Now, He said, it's been signified by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God. I cannot tell you how important it is that this next statement that John makes, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw, you're going to, in the days to come, the narrative is going to be manipulated. We're already seeing these things take place on social media platforms the canceling culture, the, the, the removal of, of videos that don't align with political narratives, people uh, that are simply asking for the liberty. They're not anti-vaxxers. They're not necessarily pro-vaxxers. They're just asking for the autonomy as a, as a citizen to make their own choice. They're being penalized for that. You, ha- you cannot align yourself right now, beloved, with a political platform. You are a believer in Jesus Christ. And I want to stop here to say this. If you don't know that you know where you would be if the rapture should come before the midnight hour of today, I'm I'm begging you in Jesus' name by the blood of the Lamb. Christ has made the appropriation. He went to the cross, stripped naked, beaten beyond recognition, hung between heaven and earth. His father, the prophet Isaiah tells us, He didn't die from the nails in his hands. He didn't die from the spear in his side. He he died because his heavenly father turned away because the sin that we are, our rebellion, our lying, our gossiping, the things that we've done to grieve the holy heart of our heavenly father, Jesus Christ became our sin. And the father looked at him and saw our sin on a sinless son. And the Bible says God struck him because the penalty of sin is death. And when Jesus Christ took on our sins, God's justice said the wages of sin is death. Jesus Christ died in your place. 
Beloved, wherever you are and whatever you're going through, I tell you on the authority of God's Word, there is no sin that the blood can't cleanse, and there is no soul that God will not receive if right now you would just pause and say, Lord, forgive me a sinner. Beloved, that thief on that cross did not come off that cross that day. He was never baptized. He never joined a church. He never taught or tithed or attended any religious ceremony. He simply said, Lord, remember me today. And Jesus said, you'll be with me today. Beloved, I'm telling you, I know it's it's remarkable. It's almost an unbelievable, unfathomable grace. But by the mercies of God, right now you could be saved. And if you don't know that you know in the depths of your soul where you're going, because these things are shortly coming to pass. They are coming fast and furious. And they're not going to stop. We're watching an economic tsunami come at us. You cannot pour $30 trillion. In 2008, what we were told was a $5 trillion bailout. We have now discovered was a $30 trillion plus bailout. If you know anything about history and what catapulted Adolf Hitler, who was a a type of Antichrist, if you know anything about history, it was the Weimar Revolution. It was the inflation that was was astronomical. Before, you could could take a, a few coins and buy a bag full of groceries overnight because of inflation. Because the government had spent Germany into oblivion, just printing money and creating hyperinflation, you could take a wheelbarrow of money and not come home with a handful of groceries. You're watching it now. This is not a political statement. It is a biblical prophetic truth. These things are coming quickly. Stay close to the Word of God. Do not take your cues from the political platforms. Don't take your cues from the culture. Stay in the Word of God. He said to John, John, the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ to his servants. Stay in the book. Don't be intimidated. Get in the book of Revelation. In fact, beloved, it says in the book of Revelation, verse 3, Blessed is he who reads... And those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. There again, there's that alarm. Hey, the time is near. Once that time gets here, it's going to come fast and furious if you'll stay in the book. Do you know that the book of Revelation is the only book that gives an explicit promise that if you'll read it and hear it, if you'll study it and apply it, There is a special blessing that comes with the book of Revelation. I think that's why the enemy does everything he can to keep it from being preached in the pulpits. I think that's why a lot of believers are uh, intimidated with a spirit that is not of Christ. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Don't be intimidated. Pray for the Holy Spirit to show you because there's an abundant blessing on all of the Word of God, but there's an added blessing when you get to the book of Revelation. Now, We have just a few minutes left. I want to show you a prevailing characteristic. There are seven churches that are listed in the book of Revelation, uh, chapters 2 and 3. The last church that is mentioned in the book of Revelation, chapter uh, chapter 3, verses 14 through 22, uh, it's, it's the only church that has no commendation, meaning that there's the Lord just has nothing good to say about it. 
in fact, his criticism um, is they're indifferent. Uh, he instructs them to be to be zealous, to return to their first love, to repent. Uh, you will notice a couple of things I, I want you to be sensitive to in these last days, because I think all seven churches have characteristics of the last days. But I believe even the order of the churches is inspired in the Word of God. I think the church of Laodicea is last for a very specific reason, because that church, the Laodicean church, will be the prevailing characteristic of the last day's church. For example, the word Laodicea, it means to be ruled by the people. Beloved, I, I, I mean this uh, in a sincere way and in, in a humble way before the Lord. I'm not boasting in anything we do. I pastor a phenomenal church, a phenomenal people. They're sensitive to the Spirit. They yield to the preaching of the Word of God. They love and follow the leadership of God. Laodicea, the name means to be ruled by the people. The average church today is so so burdened by the bureaucracy that has nothing to do with the Word or the Spirit of God that they cannot respond to the prompting of the Spirit. When the people rule, this is what happens. Look at their worship service. The scripture says of the Laodicean church that they're having, a, they're, they're having a worship service. And I want you to listen to their testimony service in verse 17. Because you say I'm rich and be, have become wealthy and I have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched. You're miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed. And I want you to listen to his invitation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. Beloved, this church is wealthy beyond imagination. This is a classic picture of the American church. We've got bigger buildings than we've ever had. We've paved the parking lots and padded the pews and I'm not against those things. I'm simply saying that when the facility eclipses the faith, when we're more interested in the appearance of the building than we are the anointing on the body of Christ, we have become Laodicean. They are having a testimony service, rejoicing in all the materialistic goods that God's given them, but they're oblivious to the fact that Jesus Christ is not even in the room. In fact, they've lost their spiritual hearing. They can't even discern that he's standing outside knocking at the door. Do not let this be the commentary of your life personally or your church corporately. These things are coming shortly to pass. The water has broken. The birth pains are coming. What you're watching happening right now on the global scene, which we'll talk about in the next update very specifically, what's happening in the scientific community with transhumanism, beloved, these are all coming quickly. And it is shifting in such a way that I believe the next great event is the rapture of the church, which according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, this will remove the bride from the earth. And the protective hedge of the Holy Spirit that lives in every believer, wherever you're listening from, your city runs better. Believe it or not, not in arrogance, but just in biblical authority. The place you work 
is blessed if you are walking as a believer in the Spirit, sealed under the day of redemption, filled daily to walk in all the promises and the presence and power of Jesus Christ. When you walk into that place of business, beloved, the oil of God, the oil of gladness, because you carry with Him the presence of who He is, that place runs better. When we leave this world, He that restraineth, that's the Holy Spirit. What we've watched happen in our streets, what we've seen taking place by the way of crime and agony and all that we watch every day on the news, I'm telling you, beloved, when we're gone, He that restraineth the Holy Spirit, when He is taken out with the church, this world is going into utter chaos and it will look for an individual who will have every answer. Daniel 9 says he will be a man of powerful oratory ability. He'll be able to say, I've got the answer to every problem. Beloved, I'm asking you, don't be left behind for that deception. Are you ready? Do you know that you know? And if you do know, do not operate in fear. Keep looking up, beloved. It's almost time to go home. Well, thank you for joining us today on the Fairview Knox Church Podcast Prophecy Series. We pray it provides you not only with knowledge, but also peace from the Word of God. If you do not know Jesus today, it is not too late. The Father loved each and every one of us so much that He sent Jesus, His only Son, to the earth on a rescue mission for us. If we will confess and ask God to forgive us of our sins, if we will accept Jesus' free gift of salvation, not for anything that we have done or earned, but because of everything that He did on the cross and through His resurrection, and if we will make Him our Lord and follow Him in each step of our daily life to make His fame and His renown known to the world, then we will be saved. Saying these words alone does not save you. But believing by faith that He is real and stepping out to turn away from your sin and toward the Father will. If that is you today and you are making that profession today, we are rejoicing with you. All of heaven is rejoicing. We are so excited. We want you to let us know because we want to come alongside of you and help you get started on your walk. Um, You can email us at salvation at fairviewknox.com. Hey, stay tuned each Sunday as we live stream our worship experiences at 1045 a.m. Eastern Time at FairviewKnox.com. And if you're ever close to Knoxville, we would love for you to drop by and join us. Have a great day.